This is Mornings with Radio Maria. I'm Helena, your host today, and I have got with me to talk about some more culture on this Thursday. I've got the lovely Christina Cooper. Hello, Christina. Hello, Helena. Hello. It's so lovely to have you back on with us. It's been months since Women Together and what a lovely series and your sharings of your beautiful stories, your simple little excerpts of life, uh, thoughts, reflections, the Holy Spirit was such a joy. Are you going to do anything with that? I thought at one point you were going to turn that into a book. Um, well, I th- these things are a lot more complicated than you think. I mean, as you know, I wrote The Little Witch Who Wanted to Be Good, which is a simple story. Uh, and I found, you know, it's a lot easier to create a book than it is to distribute it, you know. So that, <laughs> so if I did it, I mean, you, you have to find people who want to read it as well and get them to, to do it, you know, so... Um, it's hard. It's hard. We hard. Yes, we felt the same with Radio Maria. These last two week, two years, it's been like, oh, all right, we've got a thing. We we we're doing it, but it's really word of mouth. People it wanting is. to listen. So, oh, but but you have been a part of our our beautiful story, and creating and sharing the gospel. And today, oh, we're going to share some other films or books or music or who knows TV shows that might be able to spread that same cheer this Christmas. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, Christina, before we go into it, can we yes. get let's give the listeners a bit more background. You used to be the editor of a very, very nice uh, uh, publication with the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. Can you share with our listeners a bit more about that that publication? All right, so good news, okay. Uh, it was the ethos of good news. It was it was a sort of bi-monthly and then latterly quarterly a magazine and the ethos of it was the good news of the gospel and because quite often you know people are always talking about bad news but god can really change transform lives he can heal people and often those stories never get out and as the body of christ we need to hear those positive stories to encourage us um you know that things can change you know somebody who is a criminal can change and become a saint you know this happens not just in the history of the church but today so the idea of good news was was really t- to do that and we also would mention all the different events and retreats and things that were going on around the country so if people didn't have time to read everything they could look at what was going on and even if they couldn't go to the events they it was almost like a little news thing of what's going on where and um people really liked it but i have to say that unfortunately as we are in changing times and the really the costs of doing it and the income we got from it really made it not sustainable even though people were very good and we got donations as well um eventually it wasn't um really kind of sort of financially viable and uh as things were going online more anyway uh it, the the charity that backed it decided that you know it was sort of kind of time to stop yeah. but I'd, I'd done it for 35 years so um you know i myself felt that god uh it was like a different season for me because i think sometimes whenever you're doing something good and it and it was a definitely a good thing that 
there can come a time when it's time to finish. But if you've enjoyed it a lot, which I did, and it because it met, I met so many wonderful people. Uh, the danger is you kind of hang on to something good without realizing that you know, as I said, there is a season for things in your life. And sometimes maybe you need to let go of something that's good, because God wants to give you something better. And, and sometimes that can be difficult if you particularly if you've done something for so long, it's even like being a mother, you know, yeah. there comes a time when your mother, you have to let your children go, and you can't look after them the way you did before. And it's like a new season. And, um, you know, so I think that so I'm really, I really loved it, but I'm also fine now that it's over as well because that, that because of that I ended up writing this children's book, The Little Witch Who Wanted to Be Good, and I've had time to do other things. You know, like at the moment I'm up in um, Yorkshire helping look after my mum, <laughs> who's 92, and um, I wouldn't be able to do that if you know I was full on doing the other things. So I think, you know. Definitely. But do you know what I mean? I think there's a season for everything and God is in every situation and there can be joy and blessings in every situation. And, um, you know, the important thing is to live in the present and do what God asks you to do today rather than you know, hanging on to something that's been good in the past. Oh, Christina, you are exactly the wise words that I needed to hear <laughs> today. Oh, because this the, we are in this season of Advent and waiting and waiting and we're all anticipating. And like you said, live for today and, and give your God, give with what God is giving you today. And there's many times where uh, you, you, so for instance, do I have everything ready for Christmas? Do I have the meal ready? Do I have the present? Do I have this ready? Oh no, I can't meet with these people. Oh no. So a uh, big example, big example, Christina, tomorrow, Christmas Eve, we're supposed to, my confirmation youth group is supposed to, uh, kind of take control over the Christmas Eve mass. But so many of the candidates are having to quarantine so they can see family members, um, and another, uh, some of them have caught COVID. So it's becoming this thing. And I, I feel this is Helena for you. I'm struggling. I'm like, no, no, this will work. We will, we will, we will force this to happen. <laughs> but you have just told me, no, 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 no. We Let's see what God wants to have with this. And I think, I think this is going, I think what's going to actually happen. I know, I know what's going to happen tomorrow is actually what God wants to happen. And it's going to be better than any of the things I've planned. And it's going to be what the parishioners need, not what I hope they need or anything. It's going to be what God knows they need. So, oh, Chris, you have, I can breathe again. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I think it's particularly if you're a creative person, you want, and you have a vision for something. And then in fact, you need to have that vision. Otherwise you wouldn't have the energy to do it. But I think it is this thing when things don't go, as you're saying, things don't go according to plan. The danger is a bit like Martha and Mary. Martha became so focused oh. on, you know, getting at the meal right that she forgot about Jesus, you know, the person. So I think that, I mean, I know myself, I was helping our parish priest he to do, um, uh, what is it, a, a reconciliation service. And at the beginning, there was only me and him, you know, <laughs> and he was feeling really, and, I, and he was kind of like, and you're, you helped me organize it, you know, but I, I, I myself wanted to go to confession do you know what I mean so yeah. I didn't yeah you know and you know 
And in fact, by the time he'd brought another priest. In. Anyway, by the time it finished, in fact, there were six people who were there. And on the one hand, you might say, oh, my goodness, what a waste. But on the other, you know, it was for the people who were there, it was really good. And both priests were able to go to confession to each other. Whereas if there'd been a cost of thousands, maybe they wouldn't have been able to go oh. to confession themselves. And I thought... You know, it, it it doesn't really, you know, really numbers don't matter. Do you know what I mean? It's the thing is, we are, you know, in particularly in our culture, we are the remnant. And the key thing is that we continue to do things. And whether people respond or not, that's up to them, really, you know. And I think particularly nowadays, the strains that people are under, because I, I'm, I'm helping out, you know, with this uh, synodal process. Oh, yes. And that was the thing that really struck me, you know, deeply in a way that I kind of knew it, but it really brought it home to me because I'm always trying to organize things and I want people to come and experience the Lord and everything. And I get so disappointed when people don't seem to respond as much as I would like them to. And I realized that basically most people are stressed out of their minds. You know, they're juggling so many things that even if, you know, a wonderful Bible study or a wonderful talk would really be helpful for them spiritually, they are so exhausted that at the end of the day that all they can cope with is, you know, turning on the news and watching some, sorry, the, the television and, you know, watching some junk TV that they don't have to really engage with, you know, that they can almost just be distracted by. Oh, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I thought, you know, I think it's quite a challenge for the church because we have to help people to live the, you know, the Christian life in their reality and not the way we would like it to be. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I, I know yeah. the, there was a friend of mine, she's sort of recently split up from her husband. And uh, so she's a single parent with four kids and she's a really committed person, but she's working. And she just said, you know, I, in the morning, I just do the divine mercy, you know, for a few minutes. And then she said, and that's about all I can manage for the whole day. And we're talking about someone who's a really committed person. And she says, and once a week I do adoration. I go, there's adoration in my uh, sort of parish. And she said, that just gives me the strength for the week. You know, and she's a committed Christian, you know. And I was yeah. like, you know, it's, it's, and that is the reality of people's lives today, you know. So I think, um, Anyway, it's it's we need to really pray and ask God to help us, you know. And obviously, with COVID, it's there's another layer as well. <laughs> stuff. But I think that I think the good thing is that God is with us, you know, Emmanuel. God, whatever the situation, God doesn't judge us. He's not saying you should be doing this. He just wants to be with us and He wants to help us cope with our real lives. I mean, that's why He came, you know. Give us the grace to you know, to be other Christs in whatever situation we're in. Oh, see, okay. So this leads us perfectly into talking about just being and perhaps in, uh, sitting down to zone out or whatever to films. We've got some suggestions for you that brings Christ or the message of Christ into the situation. I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to sneak in with the first suggestion with, yeah. uh, because it goes along with what you were saying with helping ourselves and, being all right with just being there. And that is the film Patch Adams. Oh, there's no Christmas. There's no Christmas story in that, yes. Helena. No, no, no. 
But the doctor in it, played by the oh, the beautiful Robin Williams, uh, is is making a point that sometimes it, laughter can be such a cure, that bringing joy to people can be such a healing factor. And one of the best things that he finds out towards, I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but towards the end <laughs> is that just being there, just taking the time to sit and listen, to be that presence there is is all that a person needs. Mm. And we can totally, if you're watching this as a family, I think there's lots of opportunities to have that discussion with how do you think the Lord just wants to be there with you. He wants to have that same connection with you as that doctor tried to have with his patients. Um, what are different ways we can do it? You can go to the church. You can find community. So all the things that he does to heal are ways that we as Catholics have. It might be time away in lo- uh, uh, isolation. It might be time with a community. It might be time in the presence of the Lord, which is such an important part. And we're so blessed as, as to have the body, the Eucharist here for us to have. So that's my first suggestion. Do you, have you seen the film, uh, Christina? Do you know, I haven't. What? I, haven't. Yeah, I know, I know. It is, right. it, there are some adult themes in it, just as a head. So it's yeah. not, it's not appropriate. It's not like a clown, la, 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 la video. Yeah. Um, but definitely watching it with your teenagers, it, if you need some, all right, we're done with the food and we need to just chill out or something. Patch Adams is my suggestion. You're I, up. I, yes, I was going to say, no, I think that the thing with Christmas films is that it's a time when the whole family watches TV together or tends to watch TV together. So that you have to think of films, isn't it? Like it sounds like this one, or you, you mentioned Patch Adams, but it's, I would think for Christmas films, it's not just things that you watch yourself. It's things that everyone can watch. Yeah. So one of the ones that I know that I I only saw a couple of years ago, which I found absolutely delightful is millions. I don't know. Have you seen that one? Yes, I have. Not millions, but millions. Like the millions. (laughs) The Catholic uh, writer, Frank Cotterell Boyce. And he works a lot with Danny Boyle, the the guy who did Slumdog, Millionaire, that sort of famous film. But millions, it really comes across his faith. And it's uh, about, if people haven't seen this, it's about two uh, well, about a little boy, really, that their mother has died. He um, and he and his brother and father moved to a new estate. And he's obviously a bit lonely, but he, he's called Damien. And he's very, very imaginative. And because of his mother's death and she's an angel and stuff like that. But anyway, the, he ends up. Uh, there's a, uh, a, a bit of an action in it and that uh, a robber throws away some uh, stolen money into his den and Daniel, uh, that the Damien, thinks it's a gift from heaven and it's it's both really funny and kind of poignant really about the different ways about he, the way he and his brother uh, deal with this money. It's, it's really, really funny. So it's something that both children would enjoy because obviously the main characters are children, but adults would also enjoy because of the, um, the observation, you know, the, this is, it's, it's really, really delightful. Very, very imaginative and very Catholic and uh, yeah, just 
Oh, I do love Danny Boyle. So this sounds like a perfect pair. Millions. And uh, it looks like they've got a couple of saints as characters. St. Francis and St. Clair. Well, well, you see, what it's because of his imagination and because of his, his mother being in heaven. And then she's he's been told that she's, a, you know, a saint. That he, he kind of, and his imagination, you know, he, he really talks to the saints but obviously yeah. there is it's like a modern take it's it really is the heart is of um you know the heart is there but at the same time it's not pious in a way it's mm-hmm. because it also it's really funny the way he tries to help people because he has all this you know thousands of pounds and it also shows how money doesn't always help you know mm. it can it can actually if you give people money it can actually cause problems you know sort of as well it's uh, so excellent all right i'm putting millions yeah. on all right yeah. my turn my turn all right Warhorse, no, Warhorse. Uh, did you see? Have you seen the theatrical version? I haven't seen the theatrical version. I've just seen the the, oh. the film. There is a way to. I know if you have a national theater subscription for the for the home watching thing, and then I think it's available to rent as well. The theater version, oh, the the movie version. I think it's done by Steven Spielberg. Is nice as well, mm. but Warhorse. There are some Christmas elements to it. Like I think part of the sometime during the war, it's Christmas time. But just the community aspect of it, the forgiveness aspect of it and the sacrifice, I think, really brings home a lot of uh, beautiful Christian Christian teachings and is a great way to open up and talk about it with family members. It is uh, for the theatrical version or I think you can watch it with. Not too young, uh, maybe six. Or I think Sam, my six-year-old, could watch it. We will be watching it. It's all, we're watching it tonight. <laughs> um, wow. The theatrical version, and it, it's so imaginative with the puppetry, the singing that's involved, and it's 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 like going. It's better than a pantomime. I said, wow. <laughs> except for you don't don't throw anything at the screen. <laughs> um, it's really lovely and heartwarming. So there you have it. Warhorse, the theatrical version, you can get some places. And the, the film film version is also very nice as well. Your turn. <laughs> OK, well, I mean, I'm sure lots of people have seen this one and I've seen it dozens of times, uh, which is the, the classic It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. The Frank Capra one with with Jimmy Stewart. I just love that film. It's it's um it's kind of got a Christmas theme. Obviously, old black and white film, um, but I think it's amazing the amount of people who love that one. Um, even kind of quite hardened secular people. Um, really, there's something about Wonderful Life because if if the BBC kind of put it on every year, there's a reason why. Mm. I mean, they're actually looking for ratings, not not to kind of promote a positive message, but it's because it really touches people. And I think particularly at Christmas. And if people haven't seen it, so it's, although it's an old film and it's a black and white film. It's just beautifully filmed. I mean, there's so many lovely, funny scenes in it, and um, but also kind of quite a deep message about a sacrifice, really. And it's about a man who his whole life sacrifices, really. And at the end, um, he he kind of feels his life's a failure because he's always stayed in the same town, and he's he he, he makes a suicide attempt but is rescued by an angel who then shows him really what would have happened if his life had never existed, you know, and the good that he'd done. And I think that's a really important message for people that 
you know, not everybody might achieve and might they might therefore feel that their lives are have not been worthwhile. But just through the little things that people do for people, they can be transformational. And that, you know, there are many saints, I think, you know, in our community who never get any recognition, but who, you know, make the world a better place. And George Bailey, which who's the James Stewart character, is, is that. And it's as I said, I, I don't think it's sentimental. Some people might say it's a bit sentimental, but I think it's it's wonderful, really. It makes you I always cry at the end, even though I, I do too. I do too. I do too. I know the story, you know, it's beautiful. It's something about watching, again, it, you may have seen it several times, but there's something about watching it and knowing what happens that also yeah. adds a bit of an excitement. Like, oh, this is yeah. here comes my favorite part. Oh, did you notice that? Did you notice yeah. what happened? It is, and you see different things, you know. I mean, as I said, there's the one of the scenes I think is so sweet is is kind of very romantic as well. Is when he's there on the he he there's this girl he really likes, and she's actually going to marry somebody else, and uh, they're on the phone to another friend, and as they're talking. <laughs> They're just on the phone together. And the electricity is amazing. Yes, and then they realise then that, you know, they need to get together and they do get married, you know. So, oh. But it's, it's just so beautifully done. That really is a really good moment of the film. Oh, that is so good. And oh. then when they're dancing and they fall in the pool, do you remember Yes, yes. Oh, it's so romantic. And then, oh, it's also it heartbreaking. Oh, it's so good. It, yeah, the whole thing is excellent. All right, I'm next, I'm next. So uh, uh, you may have heard me, listeners, talking about this program. Uh, on the BBC, you can watch Heaven Heaven Made. And this is a series looking at four different monasteries in England. Uh, it's not all about the gentlemen. It's not all about the monks. There's some sister, Benedictine sisters as well that they talk about and show the behind-the-scenes life as they prepare for Christmas. We were able to have, uh, we're blessed to have, Father Xavier from Core Abbey on the radio yesterday. And he gave us a little bit more insights of what happens at Core Abbey. But it's a really lovely way of looking at all the different parts of monastic life. It, it, there's there's the mundane to how do we get the guest rooms ready? Oh, I, we need to remodel this room because the bed's too small. Da, 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 da. Uh, what music do we choose? Oh, book binding, uh, apple picking. And it also shows about how it's as as closed off as they are in these different monasteries, how open they are to visitors, to communities to come in. Uh, at Core Abbey, they have this group of adults with learning disabilities that come in and help do woodwork and and forestry items on the on the on the in the grounds. And it's just lovely to see how, although they leave the world, the monks and the, the they leave the world behind. The world is brought to them, and the Lord works through such lovely ways through their their works and the people that bring that come to them as well bless the monks as well so heaven made it's available on bbc iplayer as well as it will be on bbc one i believe uh throughout christmas eve and christmas day you haven't seen it yet uh christina no no but we said something you said you had mentioned about how uh, b before the program started we were talking about it and about how we find such peace when we visit places like that 
But when we talk to the people that live there, <laughs> that's a different story. Can you share with us uh, what we were thinking about with the grace and how that uh, how that effect kind of happens? Well, no, it was it was just that we were talking beforehand, and I was saying that when you visit one of these communities. Uh, you feel this wonderful peace, but when you talk to the people themselves, they're kind of like, whoa, you know, you should have seen us this morning or whatever. And what I realized that when you join a religious community, it's a bit like getting married, but instead of marrying one person, you marry, you know, 10 people or however many there are in the community. And because of there are different personalities and different ways of doing things, and there's always power struggles and things, there is a lot of friction and in, on the human level, that would break up. But because they have a very strong calling to be together and God has called them together, despite the difficulties, God gives them a special grace, which they obviously need to stay together. And so then they sacrifice some of their own ego needs for the good of this calling. And, what, and that creates a grace. So what happens is the people who come and visit they walk into the grace that is keeping those people together without having to pay the sacrifice of actually living there and dying to self. Because when we visit there, you know, we just, it's such a lovely atmosphere, but they haven't, you don't have to, you're looked after. You don't have to kind of give up any of your own kind of freedom or live with people that you find difficult, you know, for, for this experience. So um, yeah, so I just I made me realize why that was. It's because of the grace, mm. and which, as I said, it's the same in a family. When you visit, um, you know, a couple that've been together for thirty years or something, and it's so lovely to be with that couple. And but when you think, oh, they must be the perfect couple. But when you talk to them, you'll find <laughs> they had really difficult times in their marriage, but they stayed together despite the difficult times because of the grace. And that you benefit from that grace, you know, which they paid a price for. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I'm looking forward to having my own little experience of that grace at some point when we get when I get to go take a trip to Isle of Wight. Here oh, nice, nice. All right, Christina, your turn. Okay, so this is an old film once again, um, which you which you probably could. I'm sure you could probably get it on DVD or something like that now. It's called Whistle Down the Wind, um, black and white film, 1961, um, uh, written, well, directed by Brian Forbes and starring Hayley Mills. I can't remember. Hayley Mills was a child star. There was a famous English actor called John Mills, and he had a, a daughter called Hayley who became a child star. She was a really brilliant actress. And... Um, Anyway, this this film is a, it's about it's set up a set in in the, I don't know it's Yorkshire or Lancashire anyway the Lancashire North Lancashire England, Lancashire yeah the north of England, and the, these children find this fugitive who's played by Alan Bates when he was young, who's a dangerous fugitive hiding in the barn, and he they say who are you and he is so shocked he says Jesus Christ. <laughs> and the children think then that he is Jesus Christ. And it's about how all the children in the village then have this secret that Jesus Christ is in the barn <laughs> and how they come and they bring him gifts. And it's about how just the effect of this dynamic. And it's absolutely a beautiful story. Uh, 
and it's I don't know there's something really really special in it about it they also used a lot of the the children are not professional actors it's just kind of Hayley Mills who's the professional um but uh, it's it, as I said it has echoes of Christmas and once again because there are children then it's that thing that often children have these secrets hidden from the adults and there's lots of observational comedy and it's 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 a lovely story Oh, I, I won't tell it. you what happened. Don't tell me. Yeah. Don't tell me what happens at the end. Whistle, whistle down. No, lovely. lovely. Whistle down the wind. All right. Again, it this doesn't have. Uh, it, there's not any Christmas aspects to it. But uh, they there's several versions of the novel. Uh, who's it by? I don't remember the. Oh, my mind's going blank. But it's. Les Miserables. Who is the Voltaire? Victor Hugo. There you go, Victor Hugo. Uh, There's there's the musical version. There's the BBC's version. There is uh, um, another. Liam Neeson is one in one version as well. But the story definitely shares this idea of family, of community, of forgiveness and redemption. And I, I know Easter is the, the sacrifice time. But for some reason, something about this year, I'm all like, no, this, Christmas needs to be redemption this year. Mm. And Jesus being fulfilling the prophecy and coming to sacrifice himself for us. And, in, and he comes just in a child. And in some way, the main character he he ends up finding his redemption in the acts he does but through a child through little Cosette and taking care of her and becoming a father figure to her and and just all that that comes with having that um, commitment to another person and and it's beautiful and of course it's got the famous line um to love another is to see the face of God. Mm. And mm. I, I love the musical um, version mm. with uh, Hugh Jackman. Russell Crowe, I get uh, whatever. He may not be that great of a singer, but um, I there's nothing like a family sit together, especially if the family knows the lyrics and just have a good sing song. It lame is. <laughs> No, I agree. I've, I've seen it about four times at the theatre. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right, we've got time for one more, Christina. Do you have any other suggestions? Well, I guess to be honest, the actual nativity, uh, the you know, the nativity story. There was there's one called Nativity, which was done by the BBC about ten years ago, written by the scriptwriter of EastEnders. You're the and third was... person that suggested this to me, just to let you know. So, oh, I'm oh yeah, just... no, no, it was really. It was, he meant to, he was he meant to do a kind of a real kind of cool, edgy kind of story update it do a modern version and he wasn't a believer um but when he actually started researching it to do the story he just thought wow this this has all the elements of a soap opera you know <laughs> and uh, he 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 did it straight he did it straight but because he is a soap writer he had he brought a particular i say a particular freshness to it and i particularly in this story um this version i really liked the actress who played mary she just was so um fresh you know not overly pious or not too beautiful in a sort of unattainable way because sometimes this you know they're sort of portrayed like this icon you know yeah. like the blessed virgin mary you know when she's a 16 year old girl and it's done so beautifully and innocence is very difficult to portray and she did that so beautifully and the relationship between her and joseph when he's building the house and she's coming to watch him build the house and 
it's it's just so lovely um as i said you know it's a particular take so it's 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 not the scripture but it's it's just a good one i think myself i i really like that one there you go especially if we're not able to do much nativity shows or anything like that yeah. in in with family with the with the schools and everything so why not check out the nativity i think you can get it on iplayer i'm not sure Andrew, like Andrew Buchanan is is probably the best known actor in it, I think. Oh, there. He plays Joseph. He plays Joseph. He plays Joseph. You know, quite a young Joseph. He's, he's perhaps a little bit more angry and, you know what I mean, than I would have expected him. But you know what I mean? It's 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 done, as I said. It's, 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 it's very good. It's very oh. good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Uh, so there you have it, listeners. We have given you, if you're having to self-isolate, if you're having to stay at home, if you've are thinking, well, I, I've had enough. I've had enough. We've given you a few different choices for viewing pleasures. You've got Millions, It's a Wonderful Life, Whistle Down the Wind, Nativity, Heaven Made, Les Mis, Rabla, and Patch Adams. So there you go. Thank you, Christina, so much for joining me today. I love talking to you. I love it. Could you? Would you mind um, ending our little program with a prayer and a, and a prayer for our listeners as well? Okay. So, Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for this opportunity that we can have virtually to be together. And um, I ask that your Holy Spirit would just touch every single person who's listening this morning uh, on Radio Maria. You know all the busyness that they're going to be facing in the next few days, maybe the disappointments of plans upset. But I just ask you, Lord, that you would just come into each situation, that you would give the grace in each situation, that each person would be able to embrace whatever the reality of what's happening just as jesus um the reality of, of being in the stable was not pleasant even though we've romanticized it we just ask you lord that you would um just bless each person in a very very special way that they would discover and experience christ at christmas in unexpected and surprising ways i just ask this in jesus name Amen. Amen. Thank you, Christina. God bless and Merry Christmas. Yeah. Take care. Take Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.